You're listening to episode 52 of the National Centre for Writing podcast. Every week we tell stories about writers and discuss writing techniques. It's Friday 19th of July 2019 here at Dragon Hall in Norwich. I'm Simon Jones and I'm joined by my colleague Victoria Maitland. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not bad. So you are here to talk about a couple of people you spoke to a few months back now. Quite a few months back, yes, back in March. Indeed. So yeah, on the podcast today, we are talking with Debbie Lakito Goyardi and Mitch Johnson, who both come from very different places, but converged on Dragon Hall for a chat with you. Yes, uh, Debbie is from Indonesia, from Bali, um, and she was one of our two Indonesian writers in residence during the month of March uh, as part of the London Book Fair Market Focus, which focused all on Indonesia and its writers. And so we're very happy to welcome Debbie back to Norwich. She'd actually already been here once before, about a year and a half ago, and she loved it so much that she was desperate to come back. This happens a lot. When people come to Norwich just to visit or to work here for a bit, they tend to come back. Yes, Norwich is one of those magnets that when you get sucked in, you never want to leave. Um, And Mitch is from Northampton, and he came to Norwich to study at UEA on the undergraduate course. And whilst on the undergraduate course, he began writing... uh, a story about a young boy from Indonesia who was desperate to become a footballer. And that story turned into his first full-length novel, Kick. So we thought we'd bring them together with their Indonesian and children's writing combination to have a chat about the differences between writing children's literature in Indonesia and in the UK. Yeah, and they talk about coming up with new ideas and working with illustrators and the, the difference between writing kind of longer prose compared to picture books for kids where every word counts and you have to be very aware of the the reading skill of the child or the fact that it might not even be the child reading it. So just before we get into the conversation, uh, I just want to apologise for some of the audio quality halfway through this. Dragon Hall has been surrounded by quite a lot of building work recently and when this interview was recorded it seems like all the large trucks decided to park outside. So you have to forgive us for that but you can still hear exactly what Mitch, Debbie and Vicky are saying. Debbie, I don't know if you want to start off by um, explaining your background and how you got into children's writing and what else you do outside of your writing. So, yeah, um, I focused uh, before. I was uh, uh, just a freelance contributor for journalists, for some media, for some magazine in Indonesia and for some newspaper. And it's, uh, but starting for 2015, yeah. I focused on... Uh, Book, uh, children book for uh, picture book for children. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a literacy activist yeah. in my country. Yeah, and as well as uh, I'm one of the founders of uh, Kanaditya Community. Yeah, uh, it's a non-profit organ- organization that focuses on literacy, education, and social works, uh, especially for uh, less fortunate children yeah. in my country. Yeah, yeah so. We combine it, we always, uh, as an author, I have a benefit of it because, yeah, I can uh, teach the children, I can show the children uh, about life is all about through yeah. my books like that, yeah. Yeah, and so you've, you've managed to merge the two lives together, your author life and your activist life yes. into mm-hmm. one package. And how many, so you said you started in 2015, how many books have you written? Have you written all your books not, since then? Or? Yeah, not many, it's just 17 books so uh, far. Just yeah. 17. <laughs> 17. <laughs> just 17 books in the last four years. You I'm know. not a productive 
writer, you yeah. know, because I was busy also with my uh, what social works. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, brilliant. So. <laughs> it sounds very, very productive to me. Very, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> very high rate of not. And Mitch, what about you? Where, where's your background come from? Uh, well, I, for a start, I'm less productive. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got one book in the last two years, so that's, that's, that's less productive, certainly. Um, so I studied uh, creative writing at the University of East Anglia, and uh, after I graduated, I decided to develop the short story that I had written as part of my creative writing dissertation into a, into a novel. Um, and that's really how Kick came to become uh, the, the kind of the novel that, that it now is. Um, I think what you're saying about finding the right words is, is kind of really uh, important and intrinsic to writing for younger readers because especially with Kick dealing with the issue of kind of sweatshop labor and, and poor working conditions, uh, that can be quite a difficult subject to communicate to children uh, who may not have a reference point um, for it at all. Uh, and so the whole book is a, a kind of uh, to and fro between making sure that you're not concealing anything important and uh, that you're, you're still writing a story that's engaging and entertaining and enjoyable in, in some sense as well. Um, so yeah, so it's just just the just Kick is the only book so far that uh, that's come out. I've got a couple that are approaching kind of readiness for being submitted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but at the, at the moment that's that's my my debut and my my only yeah. <laughs> book so it's far. It's been very successful. It's won awards and it's seen you do lots of events and you know. Yeah, it's it has done it has done it has done very well. Uh, I couldn't really ask for more for my for my first book certainly. So. Um, it won an award called the Branford Bows, which is awarded to the um, most promising book by a debut author for children, um, and that was that was last year, um, and it seems to have been popular with children and in schools. A lot of schools seem to be using it as part of their teaching and their curriculum. Uh, which has led to lots of school visits, which is something I never thought I'd have to do. I think when you start writing, you don't imagine having to. Uh, visit lots of schools and do lots of events and lots of public speaking. I think most writers are quite shy and, <laughs> and, and retiring and, and to, um, to find yourself in front of 200 children is uh, a little bit daunting to start with. But I, I don't know about you, Louis, but I, that's something I really have come to enjoy about being a writer for younger readers mm. is that you get to go and meet them and they're just are so enthusiastic and they're so uh, engaged yeah. that I think you can really make quite a difference to their reading journey just from quite a short interaction with them if yeah. you're there for an hour or so. And they um, always have questions. So, so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hands up straight away. We were at a school with uh, Debbie last week um, mm. and it was a case of getting kind of get the children to stop asking mm. questions, put their hands down and just like listen to the story because they were so keen to engage with it weren't they well yes yeah, the same with uh, in my country uh, i always uh, in a month i have schedules to meet the uh, to be a storyteller also speakers for the children there and i comparing indonesia and here actually all the all children in the world are the same they love stories they love uh, to listen to stories and it depends on the storyteller to tell the story in an interactive way and in an interesting way, maybe something like that. And, but the difference is, yeah, here 
the children are more interactive and more active in <laughs> question in questioning us and back home mostly they will be like uh, okay who will be asking <laughs> they, they are waiting first <laughs> and then when oh yeah everybody asking and, and then they just raise their hands and because you know that i always provide the quiz with yeah. the gifts yeah that makes the children uh, want to okay i want to i want the gift yeah <laughs> yeah at my school, I always have a, a quiz as part of my school events as well. Oh. I think, I think, yeah, kids just love yeah, answering kids questions. Yeah, kids love something like that. Yeah, they, they love, they love um, <laughs> yeah, asking questions and answering them too. Yeah, I think that's interesting because you write books for different age groups yeah. as well. So um, you find the older kids that you write for, Mitch, engage in a similar way. I think, from my experience, kids start off being very uh, interactive and want, uh, and want to participate. Um, I speak mainly to year five, year six, year seven, and sometimes year eight. And you can mm. kind of see through those eight, those year groups, mm. so from kind of nine to just before they become teenagers, um, there is a gradual decline in how willing children are um, to participate. Um, year five and six especially are still very much, uh, you know, when I ask for a volunteer, all the hands go yeah. up. <laughs> uh, but there is something obviously about secondary school um, and and growing up and, and, and kind of the, the different culture, I suppose, of secondary school, that that seems to tail off. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine that if you're reading to uh, children with picture books, yeah. it must be like, chaotic at times yeah. <laughs> because they just, they just get so excited. Yeah, so um, with your picture books, do you always base them off folk tales? I know a lot of your stories are based off traditional Indonesian stories and... Uh, traditional works that you then modernise and make them relevant for a younger audience. Is that is that across the board or is that just a few of them? Where um, do you get your initial idea? Is, I guess, oh, my trying ideas. To ask. Yeah. Uh, okay. My first book is... Uh, the I got the inspiration from my pet owl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my pet owl, pet owl, yeah. So, um, I feel like that's a story that needs yeah. to <laughs> So this is my... Yeah. The book is always in my heart because you, are, you know my pet owl. So it's just a blessing for me because this book makes yeah. everything comes through. This book received an award that time, yeah, Samsung Kids Time Author Award from uh, Singapore. Yeah, and because of this book, also I received the grants in two thousand seventeen. That's the first time I arrived in Norwich, and I love it so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> and because of this book, also I received. The second grants right now from British Council UK. Yeah. So yeah, the book's been really important. Like, important to you yeah, and, and allowed you to travel. Yeah. So this one and the other one, yeah. Uh, this one from uh, Gatot Kaca. Yeah. Gatot Kaca, you you know from the folk tales. Yeah. It's a folk tales adaptation, and others are based on the. I like something that Indonesia, uh, it has a, uh, the uniqueness of Indonesia. Yeah. So I picked the Rafflesia arnoldi. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the only largest flower on earth. Yeah. So I've, I try to write about it uh, for children uh, in terms of, yeah, uh, what's introducing, introducing them to the science and also a nice. Uh, a nice story about just be yourself, something like yeah. that. And the other one is about the clock. You learn how to be disciplined, to appreciate time, something like that. Yeah. So actually, the inspirations, the ideas are everywhere. We just need to open our heart 
and our eyes and our ears maybe. Yeah. Yeah, just that. Yeah, is that a similar experience to you in terms of ideas kind of just coming from everywhere? Yeah, so so Kick was inspired by a piece of rubbish that oh, I found. Okay. Yeah, so I, I used to work in a sports shop and uh, someone had asked me to go and get them a pair of football boots and I went to the stock room and found the box of boots but inside was this piece of rubbish um, and it was covered uh, in a brand that I didn't recognise, a language that I couldn't understand and it stayed with me and it kind of got me thinking about the person who had made those football boots. Um, and it was the, the litter itself was kind of an energy gel sachet, so it suggested that whoever had made those boots was doing a very exhausting job, and the fact that that rubbish was in with the boots suggested mm-hmm. that they weren't getting sufficient breaks to eat. Um, so I, I agree with ideas can come from absolutely anywhere, because yeah. that, that piece of rubbish was the seed for the idea that then got me thinking about how things are made, who makes you know, our clothes, our electronics, yeah. toys, all those things. Um, and it, and it kind of grew from there, but that was the the origin was a, a piece of a piece of rubbish. And <laughs> yeah, piece of rubbish. It's yeah. interesting. A piece of rubbish can be a story, a worldwide story. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. It, but I think you have to just be alive to the possibility yeah. that there is a story waiting to be told or to be discovered yeah. around you. I think just being observant and being receptive yeah. to the yeah. idea that kind of the stories are out there. Yeah. Um, did you always know it was going to be a children's story or a story for younger readers? Uh, I wanted it to be because I think if you can get younger people thinking about an issue kind of earlier on in their lives, they're probably more likely to develop their thinking with it as they grow up and it's not going to become um, this alien concept when they're an adult to, yeah. to be thinking mm. about this this issue. Um, but I had, I had lots of uh, challenges when I was trying to get it published because I was getting lots of different feedback about you know the subject was a bit too dark and a bit too uh, complex for younger readers yeah. but the story only works because the protagonist is quite young and naive but if I were to make him older the story would then not be appealing to an older age group because it wouldn't work anymore and yeah. It, it, yeah I was I was I was faced with lots of uh, lots of uh, people's opinions about whether this kind of story could be told to a, a young audience, um, but it just became a case of making sure that older readers would be able to read more into certain parts of the story, yeah. um, mm. but things were left unsaid so that younger readers weren't encountering something they weren't ready to to encounter. Um, yeah. But I, I was very keen for it to be a story for younger readers just because uh, I think kids like to think about the world and mm. the challenges that the world faces um, and we've seen recently with the, the climate change protests with yeah, school yeah. children like kids want to they want to participate um, and so to write something that engages that part of, of their personalities yeah. was, was, was really important yeah so it's got a lot of learning tied into it and a lot of thought tied into it as well as an entertaining story and something they can connect with yeah I mean I, I don't know how many adults think about where their clothes were made when they go out and buy them yeah. so uh, it seems to be that it's a new idea for most children as well for them to, to think about maybe where their yeah. clothes were made and who made them and what those conditions were like yeah. where they were made. Yeah, and so so I think it's interesting then that the, that book for slightly older children has a similar kind of, um, it's got that learning and all your books, you've got this very moral 
message it's got that learning piece to yeah. take away so mm-hmm. in the story of Katakacha it's about a, a boy who's a superhero but actually what thwarts him is that he hasn't tidied his bedroom and so he needs to tidy his room mm-hmm. um and is it similar across all of your books that you have that moral message yeah. that learning point to take yeah. away moral message that I hide it behind all the stories like this chepu, the the owl the pet owl uh, just never give up something like that yeah, yeah. never be afraid because uh, you can be anyone you want just never give up yeah the yes yeah, I told you before just be yourself uh, just love yourself something yeah. like that and this one uh, the uncle kala yeah. it's about the clock it's just appreciate the time yeah yeah all the things that the kid uh, usually experience in their daily life but maybe just uh, they don't want to listen to their parents usually right so yeah. maybe through books with this simple stories like this they will okay I will listen to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a sneaky way into the back door almost yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Mitch with your, your second book that you're working on at the moment or coming to the end of working on what was your inspiration for that have you got was it a similar uh, process something small that sparked something bigger or yeah so the one I, I've, I've currently got two manuscripts that are kind of approaching the point of being ready to submit uh, to publishers um, but the one that I'm finishing at the moment the inspiration for that was an urban myth I'd heard about um, executives from for Coca-Cola not being allowed to travel together in case they're involved in some kind of mishap and oh, the, wow. the formula for their, their drink is lost oh, it's really um, and, that, and, that, 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 and that's kind of inspired a, a whole story mm. kind of about kind of corporate transgressions and corporate greed and environmentalism and so it's mm. um yeah that, that's just one yeah seed for 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 the idea really um is that for younger readers as well yeah, I, I, again, I'm not, I've am not. i written a book that I don't know uh, who, who, who it'll end up being marketed for. Um, potentially it'll be for the same age group as, as Kick, so kind of, you know, uh, end of primary school, beginning of secondary school, or it might be for slightly older yeah. um, reader teenagers. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's going to inevitably come down to collaborating with an editor and, and seeing how they, they feel about its, its place in, in the market. How have you found the collaboration process? Because I'm interested to know the differences between, um, firstly, kind of the UK and the Indonesian publishing industry on that, but also in terms of you having written a book, uh, in traditional longer form book, as opposed to a traditional picture book, and where you collaborate with illustrators versus editors. I mean, I found working with editors, because uh, I, I had two editors for, for Kick, yeah. um, it's just... It's just so useful having someone who's not been sat with the book for however many years you've been working on it yeah. or, or months or whatever it is um, and to offer that fresh perspective and to maybe point out things that along the way within writing the story that you might have missed. So through writing Kick and uh, with it being my debut, I had to kind of find an agent and, and try and uh, find a publisher after that. Um, and that was a very long, frustrating process. Some of that personal hopelessness began to creep into my story <laughs> and I think and um, just having an editor saying you know we need to reinforce the hopeful yeah. elements of this story and make sure we're leaving the reader in a place that is is, is optimistic 
um, was really important. Uh, and I'm kind of always open to the idea that my writing can be improved by someone yeah. else. So <laughs> it's, it's very nice to have someone who's uh, engaged with, with with making that happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear about your with working with illustrators because mm-hmm. um, from talking to other writers who've written picture books, it's yes. something that often can be, you know, you write the text and then the illustrator's not decided for a long time. Yeah. Have you found that you're paired up with an illustrator mm-hmm. early on and you've kind of had several books together or how has it uh, happened with you? Uh, these books have uh, different illustrators actually. Mm-hmm. And for the picture book like this, uh, the we as an author has to provide the details uh, of how the books we want the book to be illustrated. So all the details, something like, oh, I want the book with this expression. I want the book with uh, wings like this. It's, so that's from the author's imagination. We have to describe it in this very long uh, <laughs> paragraph about it. Then the illustrator will be, uh, uh, what's that, uh, drawing it first, discuss it with us. Even if we have some pictures that we want to, uh, similar, will be similar with what the illustrator, like this one, the Uncle Kala, is from the clock, uh, the big clock tower in uh, Solo, Surakarta country, uh, Surakarta city, in uh, Java, Java Island in my country. So it's like a big bend in here. Mm-hmm. So I send the picture to them, and then okay, it's similar, yeah. <laughs> it's similar to the clock. And this one, you know, you just need to Google the roughly other people know about it. Yeah. So, yes, that's how the illustrating uh, system works. Mm-hmm. So if if we yeah. as an author and illustrator, uh, it's a blessing. But I'm just an author. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice yeah. if you can you we can, can draw, draw your story. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so interesting how much of it comes from you because I, I, from my understanding of the UK industry, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of it comes from the illustrator. Actually, oh. I mm. think their interpretation of the story. So um, I find that really interesting that mm-hmm. you guide them so yes. much. Is there a lot of back and forth once yes. you've done that initial? Yeah. After that, we have an editor. Yeah. That's the editor who will, um, uh, what, discussing with us suggesting with us and combining our ideas, our yes. both ideas. The illustrator has, uh, sometimes they have their own idea too that will, then we can just match it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also interested to know what the process, how, how you've both found writing uh, with children. So Debbie, you've got um, two daughters who are in their teenagers now. Mitch, you've got a very young daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to know how your own children may or may not have inspired your writing, how it's made you think differently about writing, um, and the way you approach your writing now you've got children and having had children. Okay, well, um, I think the influence that my daughter's having on my writing is that I'm uh, suddenly very interested in writing picture book text because it would be lovely to be able to share from a very young age, something that you've created with your child. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I am approaching with caution because uh, I think people think that they're easy to write or that they're simple, but um, I think almost in a way having fewer words makes each of those words stand out even more. And if there's something not quite right, it's very obvious. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how my own daughter, I think, is influencing 
my writing. Um, and also I think, well, what kind of books do I want there to be out in the world for children to read? Mm, you know, what yeah. kind of books do I want my daughter to encounter when she's five or 10 or 15? Um, and making sure that those kind of books are out in the world as yeah. well. Um, and then kind of writing workshops with children in schools. Um, I find, I, I don't know if it's the education system that prioritises uh, kind of the technical elements of writing rather than the creative yeah. uh, process. Uh, but I find there's a little bit of, you need to break down children's uh, trepidation about making mistakes with writing. They feel mm. like it has to be perfect first time round. And obviously, yeah. you know, in other subjects, that's really important that you make sure you don't make mistakes. If you make a mistake in solving a maths equation, then you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I think writing with, especially you know, primary school children, there's this real reluctance for them to just just make the mistake. I mean, they're so imaginative mm. anyway. Mm. Just kind of get that on the page and then worry about tidying it up later on. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's something that I need to kind of bring back to I think, my own writing. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm writing first, I'm just like, like just write what you want to write and be imaginative and, and you know, just, just tidy up the the flaws and the, the plot holes and things like that later on. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, there is a kind of, it's kind of a, a two-way uh, relationship with kind of yeah. trying to teach people what you know about writing and then learning from maybe what they naturally want to do yeah. as writers. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Debbie? Uh, my children. Yeah. Uh, my, my children, are, yeah, of course, they are my inspiration in writing and also source of information and, oh, what do you want? <laughs> what, what do teenagers like you like and maybe the little, little kids because they also... Uh, do some volunteering with some little children, and okay. besides that, my daughters, both of them, are writers too. Yeah, they have already published some books also. Wow! Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> productive uh, family. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, some books uh, we uh, three of us uh, worked that on together that yeah. time, and also my youngest one is uh, see uh, the one of the finalists in the short story competition in Malaysia. Oh. She won that. So it's something that we, we usually discuss. Yeah. And they are, yeah, they love reading. So they have so many information. It's easy for us to discuss something like that. Yeah. yeah so you find working as a working writer, uh, you're able to work with your children. Yes. Which is mm-hmm. it's really lovely. Yeah. And uh, also, right now, uh, this is chil- book for children. And I want to be like a Mitch uh, writing for. Pretin, yeah, pretin yeah. like that, and it's not finished yet. It's about uh, a book about adventure, yeah, for for pretin like that. So hopefully, I I will learn from you how to finish it. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can, yeah. So I I want to work on picture books and you. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> do some learning for each other. Yeah. What What would your top tips should Debbie be then when you're thinking about a longer yeah. longer book? What What are your top tips? Um, oh goodness, you've, you've written a lot more books than I have. Yeah, <laughs> I think don't underestimate what kind of topics and subjects children are willing to read about and want to read about. And also, when I write, I don't mm-hmm. I don't set out thinking I'm writing for children. I write the story, and then during the edit, I make sure that it's suitable, whatever that might mean, mm-hmm. for the age group I'm writing for. And I think that means that you get a lot more of what the story is really about actually in the story because there are things that you might put in originally and then you kind of just tone it down or you know edit it slightly so that it's 
um, a bit more suitable for a younger younger age group. Um, so yeah, so I think kind of I, I just write the story and then think about the audience as, as part of the the editing process. I mm. think um, yeah. I, if you've got any tips for writing picture books, I'm I'm all ears. Yeah. 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 What What are your tips for so? Uh, children book is challenging because uh, you know children is so pure, right? So uh, if I write something about uh, one topic, I don't like something like uh, the term name is Dux ex machina. Mm -hmm. Always okay. avoid it. Yeah. Always avoid it. You don't need. You don't want to teach the children that anything can be solved in a you know magic magical yeah. thing or something like that. No. I always avoid that and uh, uh, make a story, write a story that can encourage children to uh, try something new mm -hmm. and try to be brave in trying something in a positive way and they can solve their own problem. Mm. That's uh, usually the story like that, usually children will like it and mm -hmm. put some humor on it. Yeah. Don't yeah. be so strict because it's for children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can write uh, something, I mean, like, children book usually tend to be positive. All stories are positive. But we can write something about uh, dark, dark story, mm -hmm. yeah. something like uh, disab uh, maybe disabled person. Yeah. Not many children will know, but what is disabled or uh, blind person. Uh, Blind children like well, it's, their it's age. Your story about the uh, Rafflesia flower, it's a, the, the flower is very lonely, it's very, very lonely. isolated, mm -hmm. and they're quite dark topics mm -hmm. yeah, for dark young topic. children and yeah. things that really scare them. Mm -hmm. It's things that maybe they might have experienced a bit of loneliness mm -hmm. or if they feel a bit excluded from their friendship group. And yes. so there's, there's a lot of darkness that they experience at those young ages mm -hmm. um, that perhaps we as adults feel like we know we can handle in different ways, but they don't have that framework yet. And yeah. your books kind of offer that framework yes. to them. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that's the topic, uh, that, that's the tips. From okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're talking a lot Noted. about picking, <laughs> <laughs> picking really key words. Do you find, Debbie, that your books start off much longer and wordier when you first write them? Or have you got into the habit now having written so many that you actually write them fairly to length? Picture book, yeah. they have leveling. Yeah. So level one, level two, level three, and each level has their own uh, rules. Mm. That this one is for uh, level two, only one, two, three, four, or four until eight uh, words only. Oh, so you have a set number of yeah. words per page. Yeah, there oh. is a rule in a oh. uh, picture book actually. If you really want to, uh, what, to really understand how it works, mm -hmm. there is some rules that you have to follow. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. interesting. That's why all the things that here will be uh, just short. You, you, you can read that it's just short uh, sentence mm. and everything will be explained yeah. in mm. the drawings. That's how the picture book works. Usually. So when, when you write it originally, you write it knowing that you've only got a set number of words per page. And yeah. so yeah, mm -hmm. you go into it with that mindset. If it's long, then we have to cut it. Yeah, and do you find it often ends up longer and has to be cut? Yes, yeah. because you want to say many things, but in a short uh, sentence, it's difficult, you know. Yeah, so it's like this is like a rhyming also. Mm. Okay. You can put the rhyming here that uh, the children can learn some beautiful words. Yeah. yeah. 
how, how do you find the editing process? How do you know what to keep and what to cut? Uh, the editor will the tell editor. the editor. <laughs> and the editor will check, oh, this word is difficult for children to understand what the meaning is. It's yeah. not common for the uh, children at that age. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. That's really interesting. Do you have a similar experience? Yeah, obviously, you've got, I think, a lot more flexibility the older the child is that's, that's probably going to be reading your book. Um, but because Kick is told in the first person yeah it's more a case of what uh what vocabulary is that character likely yeah. to possess okay. yeah um because i think it can be quite jarring if you're reading a, you know a book told from the perspective of a 11 year old who lives in a very particular uh, set of circumstances and they use a word that kind of ejects you from the narrative because you kind of don't understand why they would be using that word so it's more yeah. a case of what is appropriate for the character yeah. mm. to have within their vocabulary rather than what is appropriate for the reader yeah. with, and what they have within theirs. And I guess um, it'll actually be kind of one in the same in many ways because what the, the way a, a kid of that age would speak is going to be what they're used to hearing as well. So reading. Probably, yeah. I mean, I mean obviously, if, it's, if there are differences in... So within uh, Kick, the protagonist... Uh, hasn't been to school yeah. as, as much as, as a child as age should have been. So that's yeah. something I have to think about when I'm writing yeah. his vocabulary. Um, so even though he might be the same age as someone in this country or, or someone who's had a full education, yeah. um, there are still going to be obviously differences between them. And the words they know will have more relevance to their own upbringing than, than perhaps the readers. But um, yeah. you... it's, it's obviously as well important that the books are introducing new words to yeah. the readers so that they can develop their vocabulary and their understanding. And yeah. yeah. Did you find yourself having to like ca- catch your own references and catch your own kind of your own memory of your own childhood and make sure that wasn't too like? How much did you draw on your own childhood, or and how much did you kind yeah, of distance I, yourself from that? I think you can draw on feelings, but. Specific experiences are probably yeah. a bad idea, but the the essence of that feeling yeah. is probably fairly universal across kind of most childhoods. You know, yeah. you all have memories of things that made us particularly happy or excited or sad or whatever, and it's about recapturing that childhood uh, emotion uh, yeah. and leaving your own experience kind of at the door. I think. Yeah, is, is that a similar thing for you, Debbie? Do you capture the because a lot of your characters are, uh, they're not human characters. Yeah. How do you find capturing human emotion in, mm-hmm. in those characters? Do you draw a lot on your own experiences? Yes, yeah. actually, mostly about yeah. We have to feel. We have to feel the uh, ourselves. I mean, uh, we have to feel the, the emotions of ourselves to so that the book can have the soul. The story has yeah. the soul. That's it. So. Yeah, I capture from my childhood experience. Do I recall everything? <laughs> <laughs> I was so shy and no, no self-confidence. That's why I wrote the Rafa Rafa. <laughs> so you wrote the books that you would have wanted to have read as a child. Yeah, and I was not disciplined in time also. It's a biography. Yeah, and I was afraid to go to school. That's why I wrote about the book. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you write all the things that you would have wanted to. Have yeah, learned. something that I uh, scared of when I was a child, and 
I have, I want to, yeah, I, I, I then uh, express it in my books mm. with all emotions. <laughs> yeah. So um, kind of to wrap up a little bit, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about what you're working on now, what's brought you to the UK and um, what you'll be working on when you go back to Indonesia. Actually, it's just reference books. Yeah. One is about uh, how to be safe on internet online, on, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. on the internet. That's for uh, the, uh, teenagers, actually. And one book, uh, the sequel of Cepuk is already done. It's in the process of publishing. Brilliant. And it's about Cepuk tersesat, Cepuk got lost. Yeah. So it teaches the children that uh, don't be snob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then to be humble and then uh, something like, uh, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that that children will experience later. And I'm so working on that, the book for the preteen that I told you before about the adventure. I have to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> how, how far away do you think you are from finishing? It's just 15 pages so far. I okay. need another 50, 50 pages so far. Yeah. So I need another, say, 70 pages to yeah. finish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, uh, also some books also, uh, about a picture book, but in Doodle. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, you know that Indonesia has 34 provinces. Yeah. So I need to pick one uh, folktales from each uh, province. Mm -hmm. I will make an adaptation of the folktales and the illustrator will make a Doodle. Ah. You know the Doodle? Oh, yeah. that. So it can be uh, used and read by all ages. Yeah. And people can uh, coloring make yeah. the yeah color, color make the color on the doodle. Oh, That's so, so uh, interactive, next, but yeah. So yeah. my next project will be like that. Brilliant! Wow, you got a lot it will of... be so uh, thick the book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the doodle and the story. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so you got what's that? Four different projects on the yeah. <laughs> plus all your your activism work as well. <laughs> very busy, very busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just realised it. <laughs> What about you, Mitch? Uh, yeah, so I've got two novels that are pretty much written. Now, yeah. one of them is um, it, it's told from two perspectives and it focuses on a soldier. So, um, one of the perspectives is the soldier's son, uh, who is obviously dealing with the soldier's absence when he's away, and then um, the soldier returns and struggles to integrate back into yeah. civilian life. And so, it's looking at that as well. Uh, the other protagonist is a boy who falls in with a group of insurgents uh, who are making the bombs that this soldier is having to defuse. Wow. So it's kind of looking at his experiences from both sides of the of the war. Um, and then the other one is a kind of a road trip across America exploring oh. corporate greed and um, its consequences. Um, oh. But yeah, that's, that's very fresh because I, I kind of I've wrote, written that in the last couple of months and yeah. I'm just going through it for the kind of first time at the moment so um, hopefully they will find their way onto a bookshelf in the next I don't know, 12, 18 months, yeah. 24 months is such a long process but yeah, um, yeah I mean I think they'll be going to Bologna Book Fair next week oh, with my exciting. agent so uh, we'll see if anyone thinks they're good. Well, fingers crossed <laughs> yeah. you. I, I thank you both for joining us. Thank, Thank you so really much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening and thanks to Debbie and Mitch for having such an interesting conversation. So if you have questions or want to get in touch, you can find me on Twitter at Tarnamus. How about you, Vicky? You can find me at Vicky Maitland. And to send questions over to the National Centre for Writing, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. Search for us on Facebook or sign up to our newsletter at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk where you'll also find out information about everything else we're doing, which is a lot. So thanks again, keep writing, and we'll catch you on the next episode.